Hello, family. It's good to see your faces. I have not been up here for quite a while, um, so the nerves always kick in beautifully. And um, he's dropping, he's been just dropping some ponderings over the last couple of days, so I don't quite know how it's all going to come out. I'm just going to share my heart. Should we open in prayer? Cool. Yeah, Lord, may this continue to be um, more time where you just get glorified and lifted up and told how incredible you are. And may your mighty works be revealed in this hour. The strength of your mighty right hand, the permanence of your place in our lives and of your complete control, complete steadfastness in every situation. Lord, may the dust continue to be blown away to see you completely revealed for all you are, all-powerful, all-knowing, completely mighty, still sitting on the throne, worthy of our praises, worthy of our obedience, worthy of our attention, worthy of our surrender, our yielding, our bowing, worthy of the cost, yeah, worthy of the cost, worthy of our lives. Bless you, Jesus' name. So for those who um, don't know, come on, you know me. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I take them into a prayer ministry session and counseling or sitting with someone in their pain and I'll, you know, bring these in and they're like, I should be fine. I'm like, no, they're for me, (laughs) they're for me. (laughs) Um, My heart's only become more tender the more he's done a work. Isn't that the way he is? Um, yeah, my name is Amy Talbot, one of the, the pastors here. Um, been in a more hidden season the last year or so. Um, on one half, I'd say that's because of a health journey I've been on, but it's actually far more to do with an intentional work he's been doing on a heart level, which I wouldn't miss for the world. It's, um, I don't want out yet from the, the tricky time I'm in because it wouldn't be completely worth it yet because he's just nailing in some incredible things and I want to stay, I want to stay it out, I want to, I want to get all the way through and come out with me changed and him the same, isn't that the way? <laughs> I felt in the worship, I saw a picture, um, I saw a picture, do you know, have you ever seen an, like a, or maybe not personally you've seen it, but like an underground cave where there can be a tunnel that someone can have to crawl through, I'm like, was I in New Zealand when I went through one that was called the post box, a letterbox, or is that, a, is that an Australian one? too many camps in different nations. But um, you're going through um, an internal cave, so you can't see the light. And then there's places where literally you can only keep going forward to get out the other end because it's just a long channel. And I just saw the eyes of some maybe in this room who were like, I'm, I'm stuck or I might not come through this. I don't know if that's you in the season you're in or what's going on in your family or your health or finances, but it's like, I have a divided heart, sometimes I'm completely trusting, but other times I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna come through. And I just felt the Lord, I could just see like at the entrance of the cave and he's just like, you're gonna come, you're gonna come all the way through. Some of you need to hear you're not stuck. Even if this is for one person, I'm just gonna hover here. You're not stuck. You're gonna come all the way through and we're cheering you on. And yes, the only way is forward. And yes, it's in the dark and the rocks are cold and all the way around. Um, but in the kingdom, it's a, it's, a, it's a birth canal. In the kingdom, he brings us all the way through and we're coming through into more. And we're coming through changed and we're coming through more victorious and we're coming through with a whole bunch of keys that we pick up on the way that we can turn around and say to someone else, you're not stuck because we know, because we didn't get stuck. We thought we were stuck, and yes, sometimes we get stuck at a point and we stay there for a while. Those are hard (laughs) times because there really isn't some movement, but we get moving again. It's the way of the kingdom, and you're not stuck. You're gonna come all the way through. Mm. Um, I've been seeing a chiropractor again recently. I'm 
so blessed for the place that I found there. This is not a preach about whether someone should go to chiropractor or physio and the argument between the two or whether none at all. Some of you might be like, I can't be in a church who believes in a chiropractor. Others, they're your, they're your, other, they're your other sidekick, like me. <laughs> Regardless of that, analogy that I'm going into, um, I've been seeing the chiropractor again. And um, I was there again yesterday, and I was just reminded of the position you need to be in when you're becoming adjusted, when he's doing a work, when something's not straight. So I started there eight years ago because the um, x-rays were showing my, my spine had a twist in it. And so i um, been just doing a lot of adjustments. It takes a lot of tiny little adjustments again and again and again for us to become straight. Yesterday when I went there, there was a sign as I was going in, there's just a little card and stuff written out and it's just, um, it said, I stand corrected. Clever, hey, can you get the pun? The double meaning. And I just feel the Lord's doing a health check with us a little bit at the moment and in the season in and the times we're coming in through a reset year. Another word for a reset is an adjustment. And we're in a time of adjustment. And when we're being reset and when we're being adjusted, I don't know if you've been feeling a completely personal adjustment and a personal reset. Have any of you found this has been quite a hard year? There's just been a blow after blow after blow or one just big one. But I think for some of us, the party on the 31st of December, we want, we're gonna see 2020 burn and die. <laughs> but um, in this the glorious year, because he's doing a good work of a reset and an adjustment, it takes a particular position within our hearts to get through. If you wanna come through alive and well and quicker than you would like and not stuck in that channel, there is a posture to have when you're having an adjustment. So when I go and see my doctor, chiropractor, it is not a good idea for me to stiffen up. It is not an, a good idea for me to become tense and to grin and bear and to just tense up because he is going to hurt me. More than that, he doesn't let me tense up. Before he's gonna do anything, he's like, relax. And then sometimes he's like, you know, just soften your jaw, just, and I'm like, but literally, it's just, just hang your jaw, just relax. The other chiropractor I used to say just before they were going to do my neck, just wiggle your toes, you know, take your mind off it, relax. If you're not supple and completely trusting in the hands that you're in, we, we tense up because we, we know what's coming. And I know what's coming each time. I said it again yesterday. I was like, just go easy on me, just go easy on me. And it almost takes my head off every time. And that, like literally, you're putting your neck into the hands of somebody. It's no small thing. But, I mean, our lives are in the hand of the Lord. And posture-wise, how are we going this year in the tricky time when it comes to whether we're completely, I'm going to be floppy and you can do whatever you want because you know what you're doing and I don't. Completely floppy and completely. Then he's working on this bit and, you know, this bit. And I'm lying there and it throws my legs over this way. And I just do nothing but surrender. I do nothing but yield. And I focus on being soft and supple and malleable and going with the flow and relaxing and trusting. That's my job. His job is to adjust me and to reset me in the way I should go so I can stand corrected. And this year, he's doing a lot of doing a work in us so we can stand corrected. We've been talking about it as a church. We've been saying a bunch of us are in it individually. I don't know if you've been on an individual reset this year, but it's, it's really sucky business. It's really uncomfortable. It's really getting your neck completely twisted up in the hands of someone who supposedly knows what they're doing. Um, and surrender doesn't come easily to a bunch of us. Um, it is a tight space. I think I spoke about this a few months ago during the, the peak of WA's like pandemic coronavirus season. There was two months there where even just situationally, the last time we had a staff meeting before we weren't allowed to be here anymore for a couple of months, I said, I'm in a tight place. Like it's just so tight in here. I'm in such a tight place with the, what the Lord's doing in me. I feel like I'm almost in a birth canal. And within a week, I'd moved into a tiny home the size of this. 
just a bit longer, because of situations, sleeping in a loft bed with a non, let's not go to the bathroom. So, <laughs> trauma, trauma. And um, blessed to have the provision of it. And I was in there for two months. And I'm like, I literally said, I'm in a tight space, and now situationally, in the picture, in the flesh, I'm in, I'm in this tight space. And some of us have really just been in a tight space. And I went through a lot of grief in that place in those two months. I went through a lot of pain and a lot of doing some dealings with God. And the Lord started to teach me more about the word acceptance, which looks a lot like surrender on the chiropractor bed. And he was teaching me another side of surrender that I hadn't looked into before. Because we know surrender is um, saying yes and being okay with what he's doing. But there's, there's a thing called acceptance. And one of the specialists I was seeing earlier in the year t- said to me, I don't know if you've accepted your chronic pain in your body. I'm like, of course I haven't. I'm a Christian. We don't accept these things. <laughs> I didn't say that, but my spirit was like, that word is not in the Bible. And so there's no ways I'm going to accept this because we don't accept sickness and we don't accept, you know, we don't accept these situations and the Lord is going to be the answer and he's going to get me out, which is completely 100% true. And some of us could do with getting into the word even more about all he says he will do and promises to do. Um, but equally in the Bible, I've been finding there's also caves and prisons and fires and places of delay and waiting and non-breakthrough for a while. Also very scriptural. And um, there's a place for acceptance. Even when he talks about the Lord's will, let me show you this sentence. The acceptable, good and perfect will of the Lord. His will is acceptable. And to me that was confronting because I'm like, I don't accept this reality. And the specialist was like, you're in a bit of an interesting spot on a heart level because you haven't accepted the season you're in. And I went into a whole realm of what it looks like to accept. Another word for accept in the dictionary is um, to become reconciled to. And for some of us in tight places, which might include waiting, delays, caves, fires, prisons, things that the Lord does a work in that can last of weeks, a few months, 28 years, 40 years, kind of like that in the Bible. Um, for those of us in those places, to be reconciled to where we are is a biblical thing. To be reconciled with the loss is a thing. It's a journey. It can take time. It's not a one-off. I, I had to live in that for, for quite a while. But the process of being reconciled to where you are at right now can look like I'm reconciled to the fact that I'm in a long channel in a cave and this is going to take time. And that is surrender. It's not being unspiritual. It's not being passive in your faith faith or apathetic. And it's not devoid of what the word says. Because he has an acceptable will. And his will sometimes is to do something much deeper in our hearts than in our finances and deeper in our hearts than in our health and deeper in our hearts than in our relationships. The deepest work is the sanctification and transformation work and yes, the miracles. He so wants the breakthrough. He wants the breakthrough more than you. Look at me, everybody. He wants the breakthrough more than you when it comes to your health, when it comes to your, your marriage or lack thereof, or your kids, or for them to come back to the Lord. He is after that stuff. That stuff is on the forefront of his mind, but he's also after sanctification and transformation. And that involves slaying us. Yeah? So you give your life to the Lord, and that's done in the spirit realm. But how many of you know then that needs to be worked through on a heart level? That's called the sanctification and transformation process, and it goes all the way till we graduate to heaven, and it involves being slayed. That's the Christian walk, is being slain, is parts of our heart coming to that death in Christ and resurrection in him. And that's an ongoing process, and sometimes things die really well in tight spaces. There's no remedy other than yielding and letting him just bring you to death, bring you to death, bring you to death. And the fastest way through those channels is to, is to accept his will and allow him to do that process. 
just bring me to death can be what you pray when you wake in the morning good morning god good morning holy spirit good morning jesus would you bring me to death today and then bring me to life more of you and me and i'm wondering if some of us feel confused because they're suffering in the christian walk and some of us have some thorns in our flesh like paul we have thorns in our flesh and we're waiting for the lord to remove them and that's because he's promised us he would he really has a lot of promises for us and he's good and he's gonna bring it all the way through. But for some of us, the thorns, it's confusing why there's a thorn there. And I'm wondering if he's like, but it's supposed to be there because it's part of my will for now because there's a greater thing. And maybe some of you like me are going through a confusion in your walk because the breakthrough isn't having, happening. But I tell you what, the breakthrough is happening on a heart level even if it's not around you. This is being broken through. We're becoming more slain, yeah? And I was, had another impression during worship. I was like, I wonder if we would completely be all in with the Lord if we knew, if he, what if we found out or if we knew that the thorn may be with us till we die? Would we still be all in? Would we still completely worship him? Would we completely lay our lives down for him? Would we run after him? Would we tell him he's good and would we love on him all the way to the end? Or would we get all sooky? What if the Christian walk involves persecution and suffering and hardship? And if we just went, it's part of it and I'm all in. Because the temptation can be that a wounding between us and the Lord can be what a lot of our relationship with him is about. Rather than, a, I don't understand, but I receive the thorn because you know it's good. That's different to accepting things that are not from him and that's different to accepting the, the attacks of the enemy and the things that come, you know, that we can sort out. Um, I've been reading over um, in 2 Corinthians, just if we have that one, in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10, I was reading it again this last week, so in the Passion Translation, you're welcome to open up a different translation. And it talks about Paul's thorn. And he starts off with talking about the amazing thing the Lord's given him. And you guys all have that. The gifts, the talents, the anointing, what's on your life, you've got it, regardless of whether you believe that about yourself. The extraordinary level of the revelations I've received is no reason for anyone to exalt me. For this is why a thorn in my flesh was given to me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So a thorn in your flesh was given to you because you've got a lot of revelations from the Lord. Yes. The adversary's messenger sent to harass me, keeping me from becoming arrogant. So you've got a huge gifting from the Lord. Huge revelations are coming down on you through the Lord's hand, because everything is. The adversary is allowed to have a, a demon like harass you from the outside. I don't think he was possessed, but he was harassed. Um, be, so that you don't become arrogant. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you and my power finds its full expression through your weakness, which means as long as you have this thorn, you're probably gonna feel weak, and there's gonna be a place of weakness in your life. And for some of us, we've got places of weakness in our lives because there's a thorn in particular areas. Hmm? Maybe our health, or because of our kids and their choices, or spouse, or relationships, or finances, job, still, I'm not dreaming into anything. There's no dreams on the horizon for me. Um, mental health issues, situations with your parents, in-laws, on and on and on. That, that would create an area of weakness. My grace is always more than enough for you and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So, Paul says, I will celebrate my weaknesses for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but I'm delighted. That's a place to get to. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, 
when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger, for my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Not my power is what sustains me because I'm well and things are easy and God and I are good, but in the place of weakness, there are times even in the word where the Lord doesn't remove something just because it's hard. The Lord himself said, I'm not gonna remove the thorn. It's biblical. Just as much as the paradox of there's something there, we're gonna break through it because I want you to have victory over that thing or someone's gonna pray for you and immediately there'll be deliverance or healing. But there's a place for thorns not being removed and it's, it's, he's still good and incredible. And this is suggesting that sometimes a thorn isn't removed for us, not for him, not because he wants to use us and so he needs to just have us suffer so he can get his glory done. No, this is, it's for Paul's benefit that the thorn isn't removed. And in our lives, we don't know the benefit. He, Paul's clicked. He's like, I actually would become proud and the only way to stay humble and dependent and completely dependent is for me to have incapacitation and his power come and, it not, and the glory not break me. So acceptance can be, um, thorn receiving can be a thing. It'll have a due date. Battles always have a due date. Areas of hardship always have a due date. They have an expiration date in the kingdom. They just do, but we don't know when it is. But if we knew that there might always be some battles and there might always be thorns, would we be all in? And this year, he's in, he seems to be doing an individual reset at the same time with a lot of us. And then at the same time, if this isn't grindy enough, he's doing a reset with this church community and any other church community. It's like on a church level, he's doing a reset and individually. So we've got individuals in this place that are all on fire in some sense or have thorns or are uncomfortable. And then all these uncomfortable people are getting together in one place and being near other uncomfortable people. You know when you're grumpy and you're uncomfortable and you're just feeling sick or agitated or you're hangry and then you get around other people and oh, they're not very tolerant because they're actually hangry and they're gripey and they're uncomfortable and just to let you know so many people in this room are uncomfortable right now so if some if it's just been like these people annoy me and they didn't used to it's because of them and it's because of you <laughs> we're all not comfortable this year and it's okay but for us to be aware of that and to have grace for that and to know the time and then to go what posture do I need to to get through this and if he's doing an adjustment it's also, yeah, it's called a reset. It's called an alignment, a realignment. I was sitting there again on the chiropractic chair. There's the other picture there. Thank you, Josh. And I'm just staring at the poster in front of me that I've stared at for years. And the bottom of it is just like misalignment, that there's lots of different impacts of misalignment, which is when things aren't straight up and down, which is when things need a reset. I cut off all of the things that can be happening with the body with that. That's not the point. But the point is the Lord knows the negative fruit in our lives if he leaves us misaligned. And we wouldn't have needed a reset if we were aligned. So he's in control and he knows what he needs, but he has said for a lot of us individually, we are misaligned. The spine is twisted. There's some stuff here. That takes a lot of humility to accept. That might be a barrier for some, that anything actually needs to change in us because we're good and we live by incredible values and we lay our lives down. But if he's organized a reset, it means we, we need a reset, which means we're not amazing and excellent and doing wonderful. We are in his eyes and he loves us and he's so proud of us. But we wouldn't need a reset if we didn't need a reset. So the best way to go through a reset is to go, uh-huh. I obviously need a reset. I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what's out of line. You're the x-ray person, I can't see what's in me. I just have a problem and I'm here. And you can do whatever you want. And we go floppy in a good way. And I think if we could get more and more floppy amongst each other, that would also help a little bit with any niggles. Because we all just need to be floppy together. But what does that mean corporately? 
If he, as a church, has said we need a reset, what does that mean? That we weren't set right. For some, it might be like, oh, reset? Like, what was wrong with us? Nothing is wrong. It's just not true north. It's just a bit off. Otherwise, we wouldn't need a reset. And if we need a reset, then we need to do something about that. We need to posture ourselves in a way. We need to be careful about how we're walking through the season and we need to know we're doing it together. We must not tense up. We must not reject the reset. That's like someone saying, your back's out of line. You go, no, it's not. Yes, it is, and I can do something about it. Lie on the chiropractor table. It's really not. It's really, uh, and they tweak you and it breaks you. It's got to be that we actually, number one, agree that we need it. But if that season didn't happen a few months into the year, which COVID, the Lord, you know, it, it was a lot to do with that time. Like we didn't plan a lot of the adjustments at the beginning of the year that we are realizing right now we need to do. We would not, I would not be standing here today. We would have not talked about what we've talked about the last month or two. Um, every second Thursday night at the moment, core team, so those who are leading Life Hub's press sets, leader of Paradox Kids, leader of finances, um, a few other extras and prayer ministers, they're getting together every two weeks for us to actually learn more about the reset, which is not going to take place in the greatest of hurries. It's not a snap, it's a little adjustment, like at a chiropractor, and over a period of time, the thing starts to become straight. But we wouldn't have been doing all of this. It wasn't, we didn't know it was coming, which means we didn't know we needed a reset. We didn't know, but now we know because he started talking about it. It came through big prophetic words all over the um, international, just so many different people saying it. It's corporate, it's corporate, it's corporate. The Lord's doing this all over the place. And then he spoke to us about it as leadership together. We are in a reset because we needed it. And we don't want to stay where we were because we figured out where we were was just a little bit off. So we're not staying there. So number one would be we need everybody to realize we're not staying there because we needed a reset. Why would we want to stay somewhere that needs resetting, that God is saying is not bang on. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And then to realize this is just what we're doing or he wouldn't have said we need a reset is then to go, what does that involve when it comes to me? Because every individual would be part of a corporate resetting because this isn't a building, this church, this is a people. So we need every hand on deck and every heart engaged in what this process means. That's intentionally tracking, intentionally accepting, intentionally agreeing. And guess what? It's really uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. It's the tight space. Because a reset involves our flesh. Our flesh needs to come off. That's a lot of what's involved in why we need a reset. And a lot of us do have flesh in our hearts that we didn't realize is so thick. We didn't know that more needs slaying until we get into a stuck place. And suddenly God and I are, well, we're, I'm just, we're having a few words. And same with people sideways. And just our flesh comes up in ways it wasn't because things were not exposed and revealed before. Um, so I was thinking about this yesterday about we're misaligned um, but that doesn't mean we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. God's not saying, oh my giddy aunt, Paradox Church, you need to start all over again. Have different people part of the family. Have the way you be family, completely different. Worship, let's just unpack that. Let's unpick everything. That is not, that's not what he's saying. He, he didn't need a rerun. He just needs a, a reset. Just a, just a little bit, let's just go back to what's in the Bible when it comes to a lot of this Christianity thing. Not how we've learnt churches function or run or how a gathering could go, but a lot more about discipleship, a lot more about, we're gonna keep getting into the list, but we're, we're learning where things just need to go just a little bit this way. It's like we've been a big ship. I'm not gonna use that picture now, I'm gonna come back to it. It's like we've been a big ship. We're out on the water, 10 and a half years out, and the Lord's not going, what the heck? get the ship back, bring it all the way back, and we're gonna do it all over again. He's just going, just turn the ship slightly over a period of time as a compass and then just go that way, because you're just going a bit this way. 
So that's what the reset is. It's like, can we just get our bearings and go that way? It's not a spin it all the way around and bring it home and dismantle everything. So we're okay. He's proud of us. He loves you. But that's the reset. But I was sitting in looking at that, that sign in the chiropractor about misalignment. And I think Kerry might have shared this to the church page a couple of days ago. I only actually opened it up this morning. But Lana Vorsa, who we really trust as a prophetic voice in Australia and internationally, we just really trust her. We had her in our community at the last property, and that was a precious time. Um, do follow her if you are inclined to know about prophets that are true and safe. Um, but she put out a word about alignment, and I want to read it, us to read it together and to just hover over some words. Um, so it is the Lord changing the tables, not Amy, not Brad, not Rachel, not senior leadership. Please check if in the discomfort of the reset, the, any blame in the squirming isn't being projected at the leadership. <laughs> we are really uncomfortable because, and we're really bowing and we're really changing and we really get it. It's just messed with the whole place we were going. And we're doing a lot of bowing and being malleable and surrendering and we're uncomfortable. This is not easy for us, but just know it's our obedience. We have to. What are we doing if we don't obey and follow? So we are following, but it is the Lord who is setting this reset, okay? So recently I had an encounter with the Lord and I saw Jesus and he was walking up to his people that were sitting at tables. And I knew that these tables represented alignments and models um, of how you do things. As he walked up to these tables, he began to speak to his people, to us, and he said, it is time to change tables. Immediately I was surrounded by the sense of the new era we have entered and the importance of drawing close to the Lord, number one, and hearing his voice and leading for where we are aligned, how we are aligned, and how we are to build with him. The sense surrounded me so strongly that the model of how things have been done is rapidly changing. That might be uncomfortable for a lot of us. The Lord has been speaking to me for years about the changing of the wineskin and the time that was coming upon us in a new era where we would have to follow him, that's who we're following in this, and know his ways to move into the new thing that he was going to do that would be completely unprecedented. So we haven't seen it before. Now, in this encounter, what struck me was the weight upon the voice of the Lord when he spoke. It's time to change tables. I began to see other tables that were set for the people of God in this new era. New strategies, new ways of doing things, a new model and new alignments with people. This encounter was communicating in so many ways the importance of alignment, that word again, in this hour and be aligned with Jesus in our hearts our deeds, our actions, our obedience, our lives, our ministries. Every area of our lives to be in total alignment with him and not to remain at the table. This is what, he's, what the Lord's saying. Don't remain at a table because that's where we've always sat or how it's always been. And if anyone has a security that comes through what they know, and when things are comfortable and it's been this way and this is the track that it's been and I got, I got to know this table, it's going to be hard, the hard, it's gonna be a tight place in this season, but it's okay. We just gotta let our fingers go from prying the edges of these, these tables. Don't remain at a table because it's what you've known. The Lord has had me release this prophetic word to encourage the people of God to not stay in the comfortable or familiar seat because of fear of what others think, or fear of offending people, or fear of the new. So us as leadership have had to really sort these areas out. We've been in discussion about this. We can't afford to make decisions because of fear of this community's responses to a reset that the Lord has set. We can't afford it when it comes to what others think, fear of offending people, or fear of the new. The truth is, the tables that the Lord has set before his people in this new era are more glorious than ever before. And the Lord showed me that many 
this might be you, that many are feeling a heavy, oppressive frustration right now, and the ease that once was is no longer. There's a tight place for some. It feels oppressive, it feels frustrating, and there's no ease anymore when it comes to the faith or comes to the community or this church. And that is because it's time to change tables. It's time to take your seat at a new table. I heard the Lord say, don't apologize for changing tables and don't make excuses for having to change tables. So that's where we're heading as a team here. We're not apologizing, we're obeying. When we spoke those words, when he spoke those words, I could feel a strong sense of the fear of man that would be the hurdle that many would need to overcome in taking their place at the new tables. Follow in the leading of the Holy Spirit into these new tables and embrace them with everything you have. That's the being supple on the chiropractor table is I, I just release the old wineskin. I embrace the new, I don't know what it is, and I'm lost, but you are not lost. I also saw the beautiful comfort of the Holy Spirit embracing those who are changing tables and coming out of alignment with people they have built with before and moving into new ventures with the Lord and the sadness in the heart that comes with breaking away. So there's a comfort being released of the Holy Spirit for this transition, which might come with journeying with different people than before. There's his comfort promised. The comfort of the Holy Spirit is upon you and he is pouring his love, peace and refreshing upon you as you move to the new tables the Lord has for you. How are we going? I saw Jesus sitting at the new tables. So he's going ahead of us. He's, he's already there. I saw Jesus sitting at the new tables and he was waiting for his people to take their seat. So he's waiting for us. As many began to come and take their seat at the new tables with the Lord, I was struck with the depth of encounter that happened at those tables with the Lord. The encounters looking into the fiery eyes of Jesus that were so deep and so intimate. New tables await you. Don't be afraid to move to the new tables. It requires obedience, boldness, and courage. Don't stay at the same table because of comfort or fear. You want to be at the table Jesus is sitting at and calling you into, for there you will find him. You want to be sitting with Jesus at the table he's calling you to. It's time to take your seat at the new table. And with all of the words of alignment coming through, and I felt that word strongly yesterday, I think we're mid-channel people, and we don't know where we're going, except it's comforting to know the table's already been laid because the place is already there. A table needs a place. The place is already ahead of us. We just need to allow him to do the realignment and the reset in us individually and as a community. As I was just getting to the end of reading this out, I was reminded of a, of a vision I saw in the worship maybe, I don't know, three weeks ago. At one point I got up and I just said, um, I saw a flock of sheep in a paddock and I saw a gate. And I said I didn't know what the gate was. It's not a lie. I just wasn't sure, but I did see a word on it which said restored. It just had one sign that said restored on the gate. And then I saw that, I felt that I was to intercede so that all the sheep could jump over the gate, which is not quite what it usually is when you take sheep from one paddock to another. I think the process involves opening the gate. But I saw most were able to jump, and as we were interceding, I saw one got stuck on the top of the gate and one turned around on the inside and didn't cross. And I've continued to ponder that, ponder that and I think the Lord really wants us to leap. He's not, he's not wanting to go, that wouldn't be a reset if it's just, just a little bit over here and just a little bit over here. Oh, now you're in a new land. But it's like jumping reveals us. The risk reveals us. Jumping over and we don't know what the next season is reveals, reveals us. It doesn't reveal him. <laughs> it 
he's always the same. But it's like once we've jumped, we'll see more of who he really is. But I feel his encouragement is, do you trust me? Do you trust each other? Do you trust leadership? Not that we don't make mistakes um, at all. But um, when it comes to alignment, it's very important in the season of transition, which can be a threshold time, even threshold in the spirit, it's really important that all of us are watching that there's no gaps and no tears that are being created because I think the season requires agreement. It requires corporate agreement. And if some of us are like, nah, that's not what the Lord's doing, which is where you might be at, or I don't like where this church is going, or I don't like what he's doing at me, that's called non-agreement. And that is fine to be in a process of agreement, that's fine. But can anyone and everyone say here that their end goal is agreement when it comes to what he's doing this year and when it comes to this community? And if something in your heart goes, I don't know if I'm all in or have full agreement, that needs to be revealed in the tight place. But this is we're not gonna get through all soft on the chiropractor bed if you know, we're all parts of the body. We can all be soft, but this leg over here is stiff. And this arm is stiffened up, but the rest of it's like, just relax, relax, relax. But if we don't have 100% agreement in this community about all this community does and where we're going, there's going to, we, this is going to take us a while. And it's not going to work. It doesn't mean you, everything has to, you'd have to agree with it today. It's, but, but keep bringing forward to your life hub leaders, not sideways in discontent discussion, bringing forward to your life hub leaders or whatever team leader of a, like prayer groups, core leaders, we've been talking about this together and we're feeling the all in, but keep talking, but is your goal all agreement? Even if you don't know how to get there, not being there is not the problem. Is your goal agreement? Because if it's not, you will be a sideways discussing person and we, it's, it costs everybody. It's not going to work. It's got to be that corporate agreement and aligning with the vision and the way and, the, and, and what the Lord's doing in this church, which he is primarily speaking about to senior leadership and core team. It's trusting, I'm going to follow all in. Because I tell you what, if you don't, you're gonna be that stiff part of us on the bed and it's gonna hurt everybody. Is your goal agreement? And then if it is, what steps do you need to take to be able to get to that place of agreement? What needs to be dealt with? What part of our heart do you need to hear to understand more? Or what part in your heart do you need to bring to death when it comes to trusting? And for you all to be the watchman on the wall, don't leave that to us. You are all the watchman on the wall. When it comes to new people and they come into a community, as soon as it starts to feel like family, so it can be fine, 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 fine. As soon as it starts to feel like family, all the threats can go up for anyone who's come from a dysfunctional background or an unsafe background. All the beep, beep, this feels like family. And yet for, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, it finally feels like family. For some, it's this is family. And what would happen is any unresolved issues with authority, like a mom, dad, siblings, it starts to play itself out here. It's called transferences and counter-transferences when all that happens. It's called projecting. And suddenly Brad can be dad. And anything he's doing too much of, too, too confident, too leading, too strong, too loud, it trigger, 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 trigger. Or anything he's not doing. He's not pursuing me enough, finding me, meet my needs, helping me, walk with me. And all of the wounding and expectations can come up. Same with me. I'm sure I used to get a lot more projected what I'm too much of. And now in this last year in particular of incapacitation, I'm sure I've triggered some people in mom's absent and not doing things and, and Rachel as well. With, it can be mom stuff, but also life hub leaders and prayer ministers and prayer group, like anyone who steps into that place of leadership, if you can just know, if there's someone that you're in relationship with and they're niggled about leadership, there might be some stuff in leadership that could do with some, we just know we don't know, otherwise we'd change it, so it's ignorance. But it's possibly projected stuff of unresolved stuff that only starts coming up when it feels like a family. And you guys are the watchmen on the wall and it's for you to get involved in that, not can you go all the way and just 
to deal with it with Brad, and Brad's having to deal with 150 people's stories and what's in their hearts. Can you be a watchman on the wall and go, people trigger here, that's what a family does, but we want it to be a family, not a business, so I'm gonna get involved when someone's blaming and pointing and not leadership are doing this, and now they're doing this, and then the worship's doing this. You close that sucker down. We need everybody, as we prayed in the prayer this morning and Grant, uh, the pre-service prayers Grant brought up with Nehemiah, he had a trowel and a sword. You've got to build. We've all got to build for this to work. But you've got to fight. So we've got to be involved in this spiritual fight. But we've got to be involved in building the family as well. And to build the family, you each need a trowel. And that has to do with closing down conversations that are sideways. Every single one of you. It's not okay here. We don't do that here. It's not actually how a family works. It's how your family that was dysfunctional might have worked. It's not how we do family here, so stop it. It's not, it's not actually kingdom family. It's junky family. And we don't do that here. We just so stop it. It's not going to work. And you're, you're tearing holes in the net. And we, the rest of us are sweating here with our trials trying to close holes in the net. It's exhausting. Some Sundays, not today, but I can walk past a particular group and I'm like, whoa, sideways conversations have been happening here and I can feel that you've pulled away. You can just feel it on a heart level. It's exhausting. It's um, dismaying. It needs to be allegiance. It needs to be alignment. It needs to be all in or we're not going to make it through and we're going to get cracked and it's going to be painful. So we need you. We need everyone to pick up their trowel, everyone to pick up their sword, everyone to repent if you've been talking and squirming because it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. I am uncomfortable. The senior leadership, we're very uncomfortable, so we really get it. We're with you. We're like, uh-huh, it's, it's, it's bad, but it's on target. It's going, we're on the right track. Just stay uncomfortable a bit longer and don't have comfort your goal. For some of us, comfort is our goal, and especially in Christianity, because then we have someone who provides and makes sure we're comfortable. But now, 3 p.m. is uncomfortable. Well, then that can't be God. And that can't be church, because this is a big part of making me comfortable. And the prayer room's uncomfortable. Life hubs have been uncomfortable. I would love it if we all realized it'll never happen if it's going well that it's comfortable. It's not the goal, and it's not what a church body is. It's a weird concept to have, is that this would be comfortable, is that the time of worship would be comfortable. It's so weird. It's not biblical. It's not what any of the disciples or anyone who followed the Lord or all the Acts church, where did we click that somehow, and add that we know the Lord and the God of all comfort, that we now live comfortable. The only times we're comfortable is when we're apathetic, in denial, or in false refuges. <laughs> or in a pause in the work that he's doing in our hearts and the sanctification and transformation. But that's called inner peace. But you can have inner peace because of who he is. It doesn't mean we're comfortable. It's different. But can we watch ourselves that we're not trying to go, why isn't it comfortable? And come 3 p.m., the whole two hours really costs me in so many ways. You're probably in the right place. Welcome to Christianity. And the time afterwards, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's called family that are choosing each other because we're all tricky, but... Don't try and go, yeah, but I wanna to go to a social place where I'm comfortable, so I'm just picking this group or these people at this time, because it's an interesting goal. Just to close with that picture of the ship, he, he, I felt he dropped this metaphor well, maybe two months ago, six months ago. It's just an analogy. I'm not saying read in the text, in the scripture it shows you that we are an ark of his glory, we are a ship. I'm not saying with this type of ship. This is the oikos type of ship. This is family together. And all the introverts are going, holy hang, get me off that ship. Get me out of that. I want to be on an island <laughs> or at least two meters between each person. Not that. There are the rest of us that are like people and family and 24-7 and like extrovert paradise. And, and also for those of us that 
that relationships aren't a threat, then this is great. But we're also a cargo ship and there's people out there that need what we've got and we're going to take it out. And we're also one of those Navy sh ships that the jets take off from. And now all of the intercessors, which are sometimes also introverts, are like, yes, we come into the prayer room and we send off that jet and we do this and we do this. And we're all of them. We're all the ships. So let's get our eye off the ship. Look at the water. That line on the water is what we're going through. We are adjusting. For anyone who's sort of been out of it, not tracking and watching Sundays, that's okay. Just know it's costing because everyone here counts because you're all incredible and important and you're all part of the body. Like literally, you can be not involved and you're like the big toe that gets on the chiropractor ta table and goes, why am I here? All of us needs to go into this adjustment. So it's really helpful if you could wake up and go, I'm part of a body and stuff's happening and I need to be part of surrendering. Otherwise, there's a stiff place or a dead place. And then just go, I'm going to just backtrack a little bit over the last couple of months and watch what's being said so that I understand what's in the adjustment. And if you could just watch, or even the whole thing where there's also worship, so that's a two-hour cost, which is a positive word in the kingdom. Two-hour cost, opposite of comfort, and embrace that cost so that you can track. Same with the prayer rooms. There's actually different things happening in there that are moving us forward thanks to the cost of the people who lead those sessions. New aim, cost not comfort, cost not comfort. And so um, if you could just go backwards and then go forwards with us so that we can all get up on the table together. But um, what was my point before I said that? Oh, there's a ship. And so... We're not throwing everything out, but if you could just see, we're just gonna go true north so that the spine is straight up and down and not twisted anymore. And we don't need a reset anymore because it's straight up and down, but we were just a little bit this way. And there's a bunch of that we've started to unpack with core leaders. One of them, discipleship culture instead of parent culture, instead of just life hub leaders and different people overseeing and looking after everybody, that everybody looks after everybody. Everybody challenges everybody and everybody goes, how are you pursuing Jesus, not how am I looking after you. And Paul in the Bible is follow me, and Jesus in the Bible is follow me as I follow him. And we've possibly just been a little bit too Paul, where it's spiritual mothers and fathers gathering, and now it needs to be a little bit more back to how Jesus, like let's all just follow him, and I will help you go to him during the week to see what he's saying as I walk next to you, rather than I'm going to comfort you as you do your Christian walk. So we're just making little bits of adjustments where we probably went a little bit this way. So there's many of them. We've, there's, there's a little list growing as he's dropping the things that he's like, you're slightly out of whack. Um, and, and we're just gonna come back a little bit to like making disciples, which means people would be sitting here who don't know the Lord or have just met him through you, not through our salvation service, but through you during the week when you're spreading the gospel. The things that actually are in the Bible. We're gonna come back to that. True North is gonna be what the Word says where we've gone just a little bit over here. And we're gonna come back to what the Word says, living for Him and with Him and being a community, a gospel community says. Expect it to be uncomfortable, but the results are complete obedience. That should be our goal. Complete obedience and the world saved. Funny that. Like... The kingdom come and his will be done. And the gospel message going out everywhere and deliverances and healings and the lame walking and that stuff that I just don't know. Have any of you, have any of you sort of gotten into that a lot of late? One of those main commands in the Bible where you're praying for people in wheelchairs. It's like, it's like one of the main so we're just going to come a little bit this way because we've got a little bit focused on ourselves. And we need the reset. But can we just, just soften up a little bit? It's been a bit stiff around here. Uh. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Thanks. Should we all stand together? before we go to pork sliders. Oh, now you're interested in what I have to say. <laughs>
Wow. Bread be yours. That was my father, for anyone. The kids are buzzing, so I'm just going to pray, and then just know I'm not going to take long. Um, and then we'll open up the front. If anyone wants to come forward for prayer for anything that was just discussed in the last couple of hours, um, or anything else, we'll lead you more and more to Jesus, but we will pray for you. Um, Thank you, Lord, that you didn't need a reset for you, that you have been true north, that you have been on track, that you have remained speaking, that your word doesn't need adjusting, that the Holy Spirit doesn't need adjusting, that the Bible doesn't need changing or adapting to where we're at, but you need not one fraction of an adjustment. Lord, but we recognize if you have... um, if you've set one, um, then that has a lot more to do with what we are needing. And yeah, for some of us, it's just a new realization. Maybe we've been in pain or turmoil or a hardship and we haven't realized there's been high purpose in it, that it's glorious, that it's a holy work, that it's a holy work, that your hands are all over it, that we're not lost, that we're in a tight place, but it's a holy place and that it makes sense now. And we just repent for forgetting that you're so all-knowing and all hands on deck, that your mighty right hand is not too short. And we repent for judging you to be ineffective or absent or weak or inactive or not enough of something. We choose to trust that you know what's best for us, Lord, and that the thorns will be there as long as they need to be there, and they will go at the right time. And until that time, Father, we, we choose to accept the acceptable will of the Lord, and we choose to cooperate, Lord, where even in our ignorance and in our... Um, catastrophizing and in our uncomfortableness we didn't realize lord that we would be uncooperative in this but now that we can define the times would you help us to be cooperate with you better for the next half lord of the way out would you teach us what it means in our personal relationship with you in our quiet times with you to become corporate to cooperate with you and what that it requires it'll be different for everyone here just really feel this word need to cooperate. That involves time, attention, intentionality, looking into things he brings up, letting go of things he wants you to let go of, repenting of stuff, coming out of stuff, dealing with stuff at a heart level. It just involves a lot of um, becoming reconciled to where he's got you as well. And then, Lord, when it comes to this corporate body, would you just bring up in our hearts, Lord, if we've been one of those that are tearing open walls that, that really need to be all in and closed up and sealed and a safe wall around a family. Lord, would you just um, forgive us for our sideways talking and for projecting the pain of the squirm that we're in onto these, each other? and onto uh, any team leaders and onto senior leadership and just projecting our pain in the squirm. Father, would you call, cause all curse words to fall to dust in the ground? Would you break every word, every death, every word of death, every word of judgment, would you just break the back of it and bring it to death as we just repent for what's come out of our mouths in the squirm and rather Acknowledge that this season has revealed us and what's in us and the toxicity on the inside that's oozing out in the squirm. Jesus, we choose to be each with a trowel and a sword. Lord, teach us what it means to be oikos and ecclesia, what it means to be building the family and building the kingdom, bringing the kingdom and bringing community together. May, us, may we be kingdom concerned and family concerned. May we be 
builders and not tearers. Lord, one of us can't be building with our trowel and fighting with our sword and the very next person using the sword at the family and the trowel to dig away at the building that's being built. Would you just turn us all towards each other and help us to have hearts for each other and grace for each other in, this, in the corporate squirm? And Father, would you give us courage to choose to sit at a new table, even though we don't know what's at that table, who's at that table, and what will happen at that table? The jump in the gate is the choosing to leave one and go to the other. That's the jump. The rest will unfold, and that's a trust issue. The table is not the problem. The gate's not the problem. The structure being restored, as I thought what that gate had to do with structures being restored, church structures being restored, the biblical structure being restored. And to jump reveals us. Trust can be the issue. Lord, would you just do your thing in us? Would you bring us to death more and more over the next season, Lord, and bring us to life in you? We just choose to obey, um, and the rest is up to you. And bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, family. I love you. Thanks for being the safest body parts to be next to me. Yeah. Pork sliders are $2 each. Do you look after each other if someone forgot their money or something or we'll look after you. Don't, make, don't, don't mean that that's where you walk away. Find someone you haven't met before and then have good communion with those that you love. Bye.